church say amen again. Amen. Welcome to all of you who are visiting with us here at the Church of Christ, here in the great city of Locust Grove. We thank you for your coming this morning, and we hope and pray that you've been edified up to this point through the singing. So often people wonder why we don't have the organ, the piano, the drums, and all of that. Well, there's a commandment as New Testament Christians that we should sing, making melody in our heart unto the Lord. Ephesians 5.19. And that melody comes by way of our voice. Amen. As I like to refer to as the most sacred and the most soothing instrument known to man is the voice. Yes. I know sometimes you might hear others and your hearing may not say the same when you listen to others. But I'm thankful to God. That's why we don't sing to you. We sing to God. Amen. So it is, it's what pleases God making that melody in our hearts unto him. Yeah. Making that joyful sound and using the fruit of our lips. Some ask, how can you get your praise on and how can you really just get into it? Yeah. Well, you get into it by having the right mindset. Amen. Amen. Get into it by coming to worship God according to what the Bible says. In John 4, 24, the Bible said we are to worship God in spirit and in truth. Amen. It's not about entertaining. It's not about making you feel good. It's about glorifying God. Amen. So we don't we don't come here to put on a show and people don't get up before you to outdo one another. Amen. Trying to put on a performance to see and after you take a poll at the service, who outdid who? That's right. That's right. That's the Apollo. That's right. That's the voice. Yeah. Yeah. That's America's got talent. Yeah. yeah. That's all of those shows. Yeah. We're here to worship God. Amen. And that is not a part of our reason for being here. Amen. 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 So if you're here for the first time, if this is your first time attending the worship service of the Church of Christ, we hope and pray that you will allow the Bible to guide and direct you concerning the teaching that we do today so that you may see that we are firm on the fact, speaking what the Bible speaks, and being solid where it's out. Man. We're not about putting our feelings and our thinking above that which God has already made known and given. Right. Yeah. We believe the Bible is God's inspired word. The scriptures yeah. are yeah. God's inspired word. Yeah. We believe all scriptures given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for us to use them in such a way to prove, disprove, and to gain and to avoid danger. Amen. So we hope and pray that you will allow with an honest heart the word of God to lead you and direct you to see if the things that are taught are truly from the word of God. And if you're truly seeking 
that which is true, that you will obey the word of God. When you come to that point of realizing the way you've been traveling does not line up with what the word of God teaches and has to say. Is that all right? All right. This morning we have a lesson we would like to talk about. God had a plan. Right. God had a plan. And this lesson text is found in Genesis 15. And we will begin our reading in verse 12. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and lo, and horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he said unto Abram, Know of surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. So what we find here, something is being told and revealed unto Abraham from God right. regarding the future of the Israelites. Right. He said that they, well, first of all, he said, know of surety. In other words, don't doubt, don't question, you can bank on this. Right. This is what's going to happen. Your seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs. I, I think it's clear to say the Jews were in Egypt, and Egypt was not their land. Amen. Amen? Amen. And he said that they were going to have to serve the Egyptians. And they, talking about the Egyptians, they shall afflict them 400 years. Wow. And we cry over a few minutes. All right. They shall afflict them 400 years, and also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterwards shall they come out with great substance. Wow. In Genesis 15 and 13 through 14, the Lord tells Abraham, you can rest assured that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs, and they also are going to be servants, and they will be afflicted. How long? 400 years. God knows everything that will happen. And he revealed part of the future to Abraham. God's plan included sending the Jews to Egypt for 400 years. Yeah. Now, I said as I read over this and went back and forth and meditated, I said, man, that's a long time. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That's a long time. To be in bondage, that's a long time. To be enslaved, yeah. But what stood out even greater, that's a long time not to hear anything from God. Right. Right. Man. 
there was ever a time somebody that cried out. The Jews had a reason yes, to cry out and to wonder and ponder within themselves and among themselves, how did we end up in this situation? Amen. Well, I'm going to tell you something. God had a plan. Yes, he did. God had a plan, and God's plan is not always revealed unto us before it is unfolded. Right. We should live by faith. We should walk by faith. We should trust God enough that whatever God chooses to do, however way God chooses to do it, right. it should be okay with us. Yeah. If we truly believe in him, if we truly trust in him, and if we truly love him the way we ought to love him. Right. I'll go as far as to say, if we truly love him the way he loves us. Right. Is that all right? It's all right. Verse 14, and also that nation whom they shall serve, will I judge, and afterward shall they come out with great substance. So, being in bondage, 400 years, serving, being afflicted. Now, that's interesting. They shall be afflicted. It wasn't going to be easy. It wasn't going to be nice. It wasn't going to be sugar-coated during those 400 years. They shall be afflicted. Mm -hmm. They are going to have some rough times yeah. over the course of this period. But notice, it says... And afterward shall they come out with great substance. Yeah. Man, regardless of what they had to endure, regardless of how many afflictions they had to have upon them, against them, the word of God says that they will come out with great substance. Man. And thou shalt go to thy father in peace. Yeah. Thy father's in peace. Thou shalt be buried in a good old age. Amen. Amen. But in the fourth generation, they shall come hither again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. God had a plan. Yeah. And the first thing I want to look at to keep this thing rolling smoothly is why would God allow such a thing to happen? Verse 14 says, through all of the afflictions, through all of that they have to go through, they're going to come out with great substance. Amen. Folks, if nobody else knows how to work anything, I believe God knows how to work things out. Amen. Amen. The, the Israelites had to go through something. Yeah. And they had to go through something to really appreciate when time came for them to leave. Yeah. And the Bible teaches us, verse 14 through 16, but I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve, and afterward they shall come out with great possessions. And they shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. It sounds like God had a plan, and it's extended way into the future. Remember now, God is talking to Abraham. Yeah. Revealing this to Abraham. Yeah. It's hadn't come to pass yet. 
Right. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. But God is revealing this so that we can see God had a plan. <clears throat> God had a plan for his people. And guess what? God has a plan for us. Man. God had a plan back then. And God had a plan for us today. One result of the Israelites leaving Egypt would be great possessions. How can you go through so much? How can you have so many afflictions against you and then end up with great substance? Well, let's see what the Bible says. Of course, in order to leave Egypt, they had to be there. Amen. Amen. Well, God saw that they were there. Yeah. And not only were they there, they were there for a long time. Amen. God promised that their exit would mean great abundance for Israel. This was fulfilled, Exodus 12. Yeah. When the Israelites left Egypt following the tenth plague, they were told to ask the Egyptians for items of value for their journey. And guess what? The Egyptians gave them everything. Yeah. The only thing Pharaoh wanted at that time was, get them out of here. Yeah. Yeah. The only other thing the Egyptians wanted from the Israelites was, get out of here. Yeah. Get away from us. Be gone. And you know what? God had a plan. Whatever the Israelites asked of the Egyptians, silver, gold, holy, whatever. Guess what? Yeah. Yeah. Now, how can you work? and be enslaved that long and walk out rich. Well, mm. well let me tell you how. When God's hand is involved, yeah. what's too hard for God? God had a plan. And I want you to see today, God's plan never fails. Amen. And God's plan will always prevail. Amen. In Exodus 12, verse 35, and the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses, and they borrowed of the Egyptians jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, Man. so that they lent unto them such things as they required, and they spoiled the Egyptians. Now, God, God had Favor. He provided that they had favor in the sight of their own enemies. Right. Hmm. Hmm. God made it that the people of Egypt, Jews, Syria, Rand, what else you know? What, what, what else do you need for you to get out of here? All right. All right now. God did that. Yeah. Moses was a great man, but Moses didn't do that. Man. And the Lord gave the people favor yeah. in the sight of the Egyptians. Yeah. How did the Egyptians feel about the Israelites? The Jews. They didn't care about them. But how in the world can it be that somebody who don't care about you, despise you, work you like a slave, 
sudden have favor toward you. All right. All right. I say God was involved somewhere. Right. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, he was. God had to be involved somewhere. Yeah. Notice what God did. Gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, Egyptians so that they let them have what they asked. Yeah. It took four hundred years to get it. But did they get it? Yeah. But God's promises are true. Man. And we complain and moan and groan and get upset and, and threaten and sometimes leave the church. Come on now. Because something doesn't happen right now. All right. I've been praying for a couple of days. And this thing ain't happened yet that I've been praying and asking God about. I've been praying. How long have you been praying? I just started praying this morning, and ain't nothing happened yet. 400 years, folks. It took 400 years, but they got it. And God proved to be true. Man, the promised land, the Lord wanted to wait before giving the promised land to the Israelites because the iniquities of the Amorites was not yet complete. The Amorites worshipped other gods and participated in numerous other sins. Remember, he said that that generation that was coming, yeah. there was something that had to be done. All right. Let me explain to you what this is talking about. God promised to remove them from the land where Israel would one day live. However, God had a certain time period in mind that included 400 years for Israel in Egypt. Right. All of this was calculated into this 400 years. God had a plan. God had a plan. God had a plan. Watch this plan be revealed. Right. Once the Israelites did return to the land promised to them, the Amorites were destroyed as the Lord predicted. Yeah. Hmm. See, God had to prepare them. Yeah. God had to allow them to go through something. God had to see what they were really made of. God had to see who were truly his people. Right now. And after this period had transpired, now it's time to move forward. All right. And God directed them to this land, even though the land was encamped by the enemies. What enemy is too big for God? Right. It was God's promise, and it was in God's plan that the Israelites have their land. Yeah. I think there's a very important highlight in this. Whatever God's will is for you to have, who can stop you? That's right. That's right. Who can stop you? The Bible says that the Amorites were destroyed, as the Lord predicted, Numbers 21, 31 through 32, Joshua 10. And 10 and also 11 and 8. They were destroyed. Why? Because that was the promise and that was the plan. Amen. You can't trip God up. Mm -hmm. 
and make God out of a liar? No, sir. No, sir. God had told Abraham this was going to happen. Yeah. He didn't lie to Abraham. Man. God had a plan back then, and he has a plan for us today. Man. There are many examples of positive results of being tested and having to wait. The psalmist likens our testing to being refined like silver. Right. Psalm 66 and 10. All silver don't cost the same, right? That's right. It depends on how much, how many impurities have been burned out, right? The, the, the more pure it is, the more expensive it is. Man. Same thing like gold, right? Yeah. The more impurities burn out, the more expensive it is. Man. The psalmist likens our testing to being refined like silver. Yeah. We go through things, folks. Yes, sir. Sometimes we cry. Yes, sir. Sometimes we get upset. Yes, Sometimes we might even question God and say, why? How come I got to go through this? How come I got to do without this? Why is this happening in my life? All right. Folks, God got a plan. Yes, sir. God got a plan. Yes, sir. And uh, the way you make it through all of this is to put your focus where it truly needs to be. Amen. On God and not on you. Amen. In testing our faith, God causes us to grow into stronger disciples. Yeah. Who truly live by faith and not by what we see. 2 Corinthians 5 7. Many of our problems today come from us walking by what we see, walking by sight. Come on now. And not by faith. Come on now. Many of us live by that little slip that come out of the ATM machine. Right. The lower the amount, the less we believe we can do. Come on. If the, if the amount is very low, my faith is very weak and low. Mm. <laughs> if I got a little extra in there, oh, I feel chipper. I feel good. Come on. I might, I might even come back at three. <laughs> right now. Come on. We don't walk by faith. We walk by what we see and what we believe is the true way of my surviving in this life. Well, let me tell you something. Our true surviving mechanism in this life is God. Amen. Amen. Not how much money you have. Not by what you drive and where you live and where you work. Amen. And we go through things. God tests our faith. He allows us to go through things to weed out. Yeah. See, everybody claims I know God, even the devil. Yeah. Yeah. But how many truly love God? Amen. How many truly are willing to deny themselves to serve God? Right. So we go through things. When we experience the storms of life, we should be like the tree that digs its roots ever more deeply for a greater grip in the earth. Well, yeah. Like a tree. Yeah. Planted by the rivers of water. Yes, sir. 
Someone, we, we, we should develop such a grip in the truth, in the word of God, that you know what? Regardless of what storm may be on the horizon, we don't fear. Man. We don't panic. That's right. We don't abandon ship because we know who's the captain of our ship. Man. But you're never going to get there without going through something. Yes, sir. Let me tell you, the Jews went through something for how long? And we get mad when something don't change in a week. Lord, I prayed and asked you to send a husband my way. Come on now. Well, I guess since you won't send one to Locust Grove, I'll go find one somewhere else. And they go for the man too. That's right. That's right. Man, I'm checking. I'm checking out the sisters here. I, I really don't see them. So, uh, see, your problem is you, you need to refine yourself. Amen. You know, burn out those impurities. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that's another sign. Come on now. Once again, when we experience the storms of life, we should be like the tree that, that digs its roots ever more deeply for a greater grip in the earth. We must dig our roots, our roots more deeply into God's word yeah. and cling to his promises so that we can weather whatever storms come against us. Man, I don't care how long it takes. That's right. We know his assurances are true. Man. We know his promises are true. Yeah. We know he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Man. So regardless of how long we got to go through what we're going through, know that God has a plan. Yeah. And if I can accept the fact that God has a plan, I can stay dug in and faithful. Because I know in the end, there will be great substance for me. Yeah. God will prevail. Man. For me. Most comforting of all, we know that God will never allow us to be tested beyond what we are able to handle by his power. Man. See, so often we, we, we jump off track doing our will. Yeah. Not God's will. That's right. Then when we get slapped, beat down, caught up, or tricked into something, then we want to want, we want to cry foul. Yeah. No, ain't no foul. You left. Man. My life, your life should be according to God's will. That's it. Man. That's it. Not my will. Right. I relinquish everything. When I went down into the water of grave of baptism, I came to the mindset that, look, I need to follow God's instructions. Yeah. Because I don't know where to go. I don't know which path to take. I don't know. It's not in me to direct that. Man. I need somebody who knows. Yeah. Yeah. So I relinquish all of that to say, not my will, but thy will yeah. be done. His grace is sufficient for us, and his power is made 
perfect in our weakness. Man, 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. That is why Paul said, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am Man. When it seems like I'm becoming anxious, yeah. when it seems like I'm getting a little antsy or whatever, I got to remember it ain't about me. That's right. How can this be perfected by me leaving the source? All right now. How can it be made right if I choose to follow that which is wrong? Israel waited. Did they not? They waited. Yeah. I remember when God went round and round and round and round with Moses. Moses was trying his best to get out of that side. Moses had murdered a man. Yeah. He did. And that was some Egyptians that had been after him to get him. But finally, after going back and forth, back and forth, God told Moses, go man and go. Moses said, for she. What's up? <laughs> what you want me to do? I want you to go to Pharaoh. All right. I want you to tell him. I said, let decided to move. And one thing God told Moses when he went back to Egypt and yeah. met with the people, he said, yeah. tell them, I have heard their prayers. Wow. I've heard their cries. God wasn't sleep, folks. Amen. God wasn't busy watching TV. God wasn't distracted that he had no idea what was going on with his people while they were in Egypt. Yeah. So tell them, I've heard their, I've heard their cries. I've heard their prayers. But what Israel had to learn and what we need to learn from this is God is going to move when God is ready. And whenever it is that God is ready to move, whenever it is, when God is ready, trust me, he's on time. Amen. He's on time. Yeah. Just because you don't want to go through something. The same thing you're crying about and don't want to go through is for your own good. Amen. Stop crying. Accept. What you do. But make sure it's according to God's will and not according to a will you have went off searching and looking for. Man. Israel waited. But were they blessed at the end? Man. I said, yes, they were. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. 
Egyptians gave them whatever they asked. Isn't that something? Yeah. The same folks who hated their guts mm. thought nothing of them. Are the ones now giving them the jewelry, the silver, and everything else? I said, Brother May, but that's a long time. Let me tell you something. God don't measure time like you and others. However long it took, God knew what he was doing. However long it takes for God to respond to you in your prayer, trust me, God has a plan. And God knows better for you than what you know for yourself. Amen. See, God knows the mess that's down the road a week from now, two months from now, several years from now, all the way to the end. God knows your future and mine. Yes, he does. I guess the best way I can explain it, you, you jump from one job to another, you jump from one. Instead of waiting, instead of praying, instead of being mindful and, and, and trusting God, the only thing you see is the dollar amount. So you say, oh, I'm going to leave this one and go get that one. But see, you don't look at how it's going to take you away from worshiping God, how it's going to take you away from serving God. You don't see that it might take you away from spending time with your family. You don't see all of the things that just going to disrupt your household all because you see a few extra dollars. And while you're gone, now the kids are growing up and they're raising all kind of trouble. You ain't there. Why? Because you saw a few extra dollars. But see, if you're waiting on God, come on now. If you're waiting on God, if you're trusting God, yeah. some of these things you jump and run after, God can fix it where, guess what? He can give it to you right there where you are. Yeah. Right there where you are. Is there anything too hard for God? How many families? are dysfunctional now. How many families are in trouble and your kids are raising themselves and they don't have the parents in the home providing the nurturing and the guidance that needed because mom or dad or both out there chasing a dollar? Because they wouldn't wait. They wouldn't trust that God has a plan. Children grow up once. And when you miss it, you miss it. Amen. You miss it. And something I learned about children, it may be a long time down the road, but they have a tendency of coming back to remind you how displeased they are that you weren't there. See, we get caught up in the lust of this world. Yeah. Thinking, I got to buy my kids these new Jordans yeah. or these new LeBrons, these yeah. new LeBron shoes. And the only way I can afford to buy it, so I got to get out there and work. Mm-hmm. Sometimes two jobs, three jobs, and everything to please them. But then when this child gets older, this child even realized, man, I would have taken my mom or dad or both being home any day. 
than to wear some of those darn shoes. Brother, man, you know, you just don't know my kids. Maybe I don't. But I know you're supposed to be a parent. And you're supposed to set the standards according to God's word and not the child. Man. I expect children to talk foolish about certain things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I expect kids to lack understanding in some things. Yeah. It's bound in their heart. That's what the word of God says, right? That's right. And, and, and young folks, I'm not putting you down. I'm just simply saying, you know what you know based on the age of where you are. That's right. And right now, a pair of pair, uh, 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 joins or run might be the highlight of your life. Yeah. Man, you know how folks gonna look at me if I sport some of those? Yeah. yeah. I also know some folks who are kids. You can tell you. Amen. Yeah. yeah. That's right. See, I could go get me a, a pair of clearance rack and look just as good, and I don't feel as endangered. <laughs> And I ain't worried about nobody walking up to me and say, give them up. That's right. They look at mine, they I say, I saw those little clearance right. Yeah. <laughs> yep, but they comfortable. Yeah. God has a plan. Man. And the greatest plan revealed unto us. God has a plan to save you. Man. He has a plan. Matthew 11, 28 through 30, Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor, when I have a labor, and I'll give you rest. Yeah. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your soul. Yeah. Matthew 6, popular chapter we always refer to about seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto Food, I got you. Clothing, I got you. Shelter, I got you. Don't waste your time worrying about this stuff. I know you stand in need of this. I created you. I know what you stand in need of. Folks, the new house don't happen overnight. The new cars don't happen overnight. The new wardrobes don't happen overnight. The new jobs don't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. But I know what can happen immediately. All right now. You can give your heart over to the Lord today. Amen. Amen. So that there will be blessed assurances. There will be protection. There will be someone to provide for you. To hear you in the darkness of the night when your heart aches and you shed tears. There'll be someone there to be there when you feel everybody else have turned against you and they don't understand how you really feel. You'll have somebody there. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to wait. That's available right now. God has a plan. Yeah. He has a plan for you to get you out of the way so that you can become his child. Amen. That you can serve him, glorify him, and most importantly, 
He can truly love you the way he desires to love you and take care of you. Yeah. He did it for Israel. Right. And now, under this new covenant, we have even better promises. Yeah. We have, we, we, we have a, a better sacrifice that came by way of Jesus himself. Man. Man, why would God want to shortchange us after putting all that out on the table? Mm. Are you willing to accept the plan that he has on? Or are you so in love with this world? The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Let me tell you something. Whatever God's will is for you to have, he can provide it for you. And you don't even have to be in sin to get it. Amen. Isn't that something? You can do it sinful and get it. Or you can do it the right way and still have peace with God. Man, I would love to have the peace with God. Man. Because, see, when you go about doing things and get things the wrong way, you have a tendency to always be wondering who saw it. Did anybody see me? How long before somebody tracked me down? You know, when, when somebody stole the lawnmower, the trail, and all that stuff, a couple weeks back, a couple weeks back. You know what? I, I just, I said, man, God know who did that. Now, there was a time in my life I would have got into trouble and rolled around them. <laughs> but what does the Bible teach? Man, you go on with life. That could be replaced. Right. Pray for them. Move on. Right. Will you accept this offer? Get you out of the way. And allow God to direct yourself to lead you down the right path. Sometimes we just think we know it. But I promise you, you don't. Man. Jesus said, without me, you do nothing. Even though you may think within yourself, well, everything been working out pretty good for me and everything look all right, you're just not looking the right way. How can a dead man be in good shape? <laughs> and when I say dead, separated from God. Yeah. How can you be in good shape? You ask a member who who fallen away from the faith. You ask a member who who separated themselves from the body, and you see them somewhere and say, "How you doing?" They say, "I'm doing fine." You say to yourself, "Oh yeah, can't be. Not in that condition." But see, they're thinking about physically, you know what? I still got a job. I'm still making good money. I'm still buying. I got a car and all this stuff. But when you die, what? Right. When you fall sick, who are you going to call on? That's right. Huh? You can't be all right. The truth be told, you're in terrible condition. But who wants to be told that? Well, I'm telling you, 
apart from God, you're in a terrible condition. Because it's only through him we can survive. I don't know if I said anything to help you today, but I pray that you'll be patient. I pray you'll wait on God. I pray you'll stop trying to put God on a timer and measure him and his responses to you as you try to do other people. This is God we're talking about. We're talking about the one who knows your end, who was there in your beginning, who knows everything about you. Trust him. Allow him to direct your path. Allow him to bless you, to take care of you. Allow him to show favor over you. You don't know where God can bring blessings from. You think blessings only come from people who like you. Man, God can take the worst of the worst and, and change their hearts and cause them to do things that you never would have imagined. You ain't God. You can't do that. God can do things beyond our understanding. That's why we need to trust Him. And we you're here today, and you haven't made the decision to trust God, to give your life to him. Well, let me tell you something. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. God proved his love. He did. By giving his best, by giving his only begotten son. My question to you today is, what are you willing to give? God gave his best and had to see his only begotten son come down and dwell among sinful, mean spirit, hatred, and all kind of ugly things be called all ugly names and everything. But yet he still allowed him to go to the cross. And the only thing God asked of us is to trust me. And in that trust, he said, I'll provide for you. I'll love you. I'll protect you. Regardless of what you may see on the horizon, I got you. I got you covered. We're talking about an unbalanced deal. Man, God gave all of this. And all he's asking is just this from us. Yeah. That we can benefit all of it. Yeah. Come on, folks. What more can you ask right. of a loving God? Right. Will you surrender your will to him today? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Will you surrender your will and be humble enough to accept that, hey, the way I've been going is not God's way. I'm ready to turn. I'm ready to go in the direction God will have me to go. That come by way of repentance. Changing your way. Changing your mindset. Yeah. God's way, not mine. Amen. Confessing Christ to be the Son of the living God. Amen. Being baptized today for the remission of your sins.
Right. And you know what happens after that? You come up a new creature in Christ. Yeah. In Christ. In Christ. Galatians 3.27. For many of us as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Man. See, now you're in Christ. You're where all the blessings are. Man. All of the spiritual blessings are in Christ. Man. Well, if you're in that covenant with a true God, with a real Savior, yeah. Man, you're in good shape. Man. But when you surrender your will to accept. For us who are already members of the body, will you be patient? Will you stop jumping around? Will right. you stop turning your back on God? Right. Will you allow God to use you the way He desires to use you? Man. And stop trying to use yourself in a way to impress God. You want to impress God? Be obedient. Amen. Just obey his word, his commandments. What, what did the preacher say in Ecclesiastes 12? Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. Keep his commandments. That's the whole duty for man. Amen. God don't need you to do any more than just be obedient. Amen. Now, God can use you to his glory. Yeah. And guess what? That's no loss on your part, but it pleases God in the process. Man. You can't lose with that deal, folks. Man. <coughs> what say you? What's our song, Jerry? 639. 639 is our invitation song. If you desire to be baptized today for the remission of your sins, to give your life to Christ, to start a new walk in life. We're going to stand and sing this song. We ask that you come forward. We'll take your information. We'll